Hi, this is Ethan Skolnick. Welcome to Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can also find us on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app and search for the Nothing But Net channel. We're there every day from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com if you want free South Florida content on all of the local teams. Yes, we're credentialed just like everybody else, but the difference is we don't put you behind a paywall. We let you go and check out all the content, whether it's on the Heat, the Hurricanes, the Marlins, the Panthers, Inter-Miami, MMA, eSports, or just about anything else. Oh, yeah, and the Miami Dolphins, who start up this Sunday. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Plenty of new streaming shows up there, plus videos. We put up the post-game videos off every single Heat game, so make sure you check out the YouTube channel. We just went over 5,000 subscribers tonight. Also, check out all of our sponsors. They're all local. We've got a couple of sponsors on today's episode because it's a special episode. Gonzalez and Tybor Law Firm is one of them. You can find them at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. A recent report showed that over 45% of people use their stimulus checks to repay debt this is money that could have and should have gone to cover living expenses. Even before the pandemic, household debt in this country, especially credit card debt, was going up and it was hurting families and small businesses. Nobody likes to consider bankruptcy as an option for dealing with your debt, but bankruptcy is one of the few laws that exist to actually help consumers. So before you make another debt payment that you can't afford or do something drastic like empty out your 401k or borrow money from friends and family, why don't you talk to a professional about your options? Contact Gonzalez and Tybor. Bankruptcy is good for you.com. The phone number here in Broward and all over South Florida, 954-378-8184, 954-378-8184. An attorney will answer your call. If you're having any issues with debt, don't hesitate. 954-378-8184. Another sponsor of this particular episode, you can find them in North Miami, and that's You Break Wheel Fix, located just south of Aventura, in North Miami, 15 years of experience in wheel repair and refinishing. They do repair of cracked, bent, curbed, and damaged wheels. They also refinish and powder coat back to factory specifications, along with over 5,000 available custom colors. Check out our IG page. We post it up there and on Twitter what the Dolphins truck looks like. They also do the vice colors. They do those themed wheel colors after all of your favorite South Florida teams. So visit You Break Wheel Fix on all social media platforms, including Twitter, IG, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Contact them. Reach out to Mark at 305-748-0112, 305-748-0112, or on the website, youbreakwheelfix.com. And now, today's episode with former Heat guard, Keon Dooling. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can find us every day on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. That's 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. And, of course, on all of our podcast platforms. Now, we've been trying to get this guest for a while because he's known not only to Miami Heat fans, but also fans of high school basketball in South Florida. He's doing some really cool stuff now. And you've been a, you've been a popular guest request for us for a while, Keon. So we got Keon Dooling here. Um, I think a lot of Heat fans remember him very fondly from a season that, that probably should have ended in a championship. Um, and we've had Stan Van Gundy on to talk about that a little bit. But also he played for one of the teams that uh, the Miami Heat may see in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Boston Celtics. And, and Key, I, first, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. 
Hey, man, Ethan, thanks for having that stick to that you have. A delay is not a denial, man. I'm glad I finally got on here with you and the guys. I appreciate it. No, no doubt. I, I was tracking Keon down on every platform these days. When you can't get him on one, you try another. So I was, I was all in his Instagram DMs. So I, I, hey, uh, it's, it's I, all good, my friend. We go way back, so it's all good. It's my pleasure to be here with you. We, we do. So I want to I take you way back here to start. Uh, I was looking this up, and I was, a little, I was a little bit surprised about how few guys are still in the NBA from this game. But the last time that the Heat played the Celtics in the playoffs, you were on the other side. That was uh, 2012, and I believe a game seven, and you were in the rotation for the Celtics. What do you remember about that game? Oh, man, I think I remember everything about it. Um, just the intensity, the crowd, um, the trash talk. You know, KG was definitely trying to get – LBJ out of his game. So he was saying some off the wall things. We were like, KG, you're gone too far. Uh, but I just remember also, you know, um, you know, uh, that game five where LeBron just came out. I think it was a game five. I believe it was where he had like 45, 17. That was something that stood out in that series. Uh, but I would say the last thing that I remember about that series is how we felt in the locker room, right? Uh, you know, to see that, that many, you know, uh, grown men, you know, really macho men, you know, be that vulnerable in that moment, you know, is, is, is a time that'll always stick to me, stick with me. Keon, Greg Sylvander here. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Um, as you go into, um, as we talk about the current team, there, there's been some uh, comments about the Heat going into this conference finals um, that they haven't been challenged because they won the first series with a sweep second series in five. And I immediately I thought back to 05 when you were with Miami and I think you guys swept through the first two rounds. And I was interested to hear your perspective on the validity behind that kind of statement about being challenged and how much that matters in a subsequent round, like playing in the conference finals. And uh, do you foresee that being something that is even a, a a viable talking point? Yeah. Well, look, I think it's hard to, you know, squeak out a win on, you know, in the regular season, let alone the playoffs. So I don't think that they've been on easy streak. I think they've just been competing at a high level. I think they peaked at the right time. I think they have a lot of interchangeable pieces um, that really enjoy playing with each other. They got a lot of facilitators, a lot of shooting. Um, but more so than anything, they have that infrastructure of Eric Spoelstra and his system, um, the leadership of Pat Riley. And then you just got guys who put, put on their hard hats every day and they go to battle. Um, so I don't think it'll be a problem as far as if they breeze through, you know, because they they kind of, you know, breeze through the uh, first two rounds. Um, but, you know, the higher you go up in the Eastern Conference, you know, the bigger the challenge. So um, Boston and Toronto, you know, both will be worthy opponents. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on that, but I want to cycle back to something because I don't want to let you off the hook here about the KG trash talk to LeBron. We, we, got, we got to get something there, okay? It, it can be PG-13 if you want, although I'm guessing with KG it probably wasn't. But you mentioned that was a series that, like, LeBron had one of his greatest games of all time. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're trying to finish him off in a building, by the way, that you played in, in a, in a, in a place that was home for you. Um, so how bad was it emotionally for you? But also, you got to give me something from KG. What, what well, did you, you know, say to look, I, look, I can neither confirm nor deny, you know what I'm saying, those two master Jedi warriors and what they said. Just know it was graphic. It was intense. And maybe sometimes KG would cross the line. You know, I'll leave it at that. Uh, uh, as far as the trash talk, I don't want to go into specifics. 
All right, so let's so let's go back to game five because you mentioned it, and I'm going to let these guys jump in here. Um, yeah, I mean, it is I mean, it is known as 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 one of LeBron's. I mean, I mean, well, we're actually we're talking about the game up in Boston, right? The 45 point game. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Did you, know? you did you? I mean, did you know from the very beginning of that game that he was different in that game? You know what? There's a clip of him where like the camera kind of zoomed in, and you could look in his eyes, and it it was almost like a like he had this razor sharp focus. It reminds me of this movie, um, Let's Do It Again, that my dad used to let me watch back in the days. And um, one of the characters in that looked like he had got hypnotized and he was in a trance as far as, you know, uh, his performance as a boxer. And that night, man, it just looked like LeBron was so locked in that nothing would stop him. Um, nothing could contain him. He had everything going. He dominated the game in four or five statistical categories. Um, you know, arguably that was probably the best performance, you know, of his, of his at least of his playoff career. Keanu, I want to ask you something about uh, this year's team, um, because I remember when, especially that 05 team, you used to come off the bench and it was like instant points, right? I used to love, I was like, oh, Keon's in, we about to get five, six, seven straight points. I mean, he about to just go off, you know? Um, and Goron was doing that a lot for the Heat in the regular season. And then now he's starting. What's the difference in the mentality from being that bench guy that comes in and you you know your 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 job is to hey the team's down by three or four let me just boom 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 let's you know instant uh, instant offense really quick to being a starter what's the difference in that mentality? Well, I would say the first thing when it, when you're playing starter minutes, um, you're playing with the best players, so you have to think about you know what I mean fitting in you know what I mean getting everybody going taking picking your spots picking and choosing. Um, you can kind of let the game come to you, get your things in your flow. Um, excuse me, um, as a starter, um, when you're a bench player, you want to come in and you want to be a spark, right? Whether it's offensively, defensively, in the energy category, making open shots, diving for loose balls, playing defense, being aggressive and picking rolls, those kind of things. And so, yeah, I do think it's a different, um, you know, kind of mindset, whether you're a starter or coming off the bench, but uh, man, Goran can play either way. He's been doing it for a long time. Obviously, you know, he's, he's battle-tested. He's hungry. Um, he's got international experience, and they played at a high level internationally. Um, and so, yeah, he's really stepping up. And I, I would say the whole team is really stepping up. All the guys in the rotation have really, really played well. Yeah, so that 2004-2005 season, the Heat, uh, I believe they won 58 games during the regular season. Uh, you were a part of that squad. Should that squad or would that squad have ended up winning a title had the injuries not happened towards the end of that Pistons series? I know you guys. I know it was a heartbreaker. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to bring it up, but I, I think that's one of the sticks with a lot of Heat fans. Yeah, that was that was really tough. I mean, you know, was battling you know some type of um, I don't know if it was a rib he had or something like that, but it was like a, a, a injury like in in his core, so it was difficult for him to move, breathe, and all that, and he gritted it out. Uh, Damon Jones was walking in a walking boot, you know what I mean? Like if he wasn't playing the game. So he had some injuries there. And so, yeah, that was a factor in it. Detroit was obviously one of the best defensive teams in the history of the game. Um, they had a very balanced team. This new, this, this heat team kind of reminds me of that Detroit team because they have so much balance, so much grit, so many interchangeable pieces. Um, they have that kind of mindset or that mentality that they can, you know, uh, when the chip really, you know, with that unit. He, uh, the other thing about that team was that Dwayne Wade took a huge, <clears throat> excuse me, huge, huge step that season, you know, going from 
the yeah. rookie year and kind of playing with playing with Lamar and, and playing with Karan and and then all and, and then all of a sudden, you know, the trades made for Shaq and that's okay. And then they bring in some of you guys and it's like, okay, we're gonna try to win now. Like this is not a cute yeah. little team anymore. I feel like this Heat yeah. team is a little bit in transition where you bring in Jimmy, but there are so many young guys on the team and you're trying to mix, you know, now you've got Butler and you got Iguodala and you got Dragic and then you have guys at the very beginning. I want to ask you specifically about Tyler Hero because you were not with Dwayne for his rookie season, but this is the only rookie playoff run in Heat history that's even comparable to what Dwayne did as a rookie if you look at some of the numbers. Um, what do you see in, in Tyler Hero? And I mean, at 20 years old doing this? I mean, you were a first-round pick. You came in with, with high expectations. And where do you think his game can go? Well, I think the sky's the limit for him. I got a chance to see him play when he was in high school at Top 100 camp. Um, ball is life, all those different platforms that, you know what I mean, that keep us, like, just on point with all our young talent in this country. Um, yeah, I think the sky's the limit. You know, he's got great playmaking skills. He's got, you know, shot-making ability. Um, he's got confidence and swagger, which is something that separates good players from great players. Um, and I think the most important thing is that he's got the right infrastructure, support, right? You know, the Heat's, you know, strength and conditioning program is second to none. Um, their coaching staff is second to none. Um, you know, the, the guys, you know, who are on the team, the leaders on the team, the UDs and, you know, Jimmy Butler's, he has great examples to follow. Um, you see him putting in work, you know, uh, in the off season, you know, whether it's with Remy workouts or other coach, you know, other trainers. So you see this guy putting in work. I think this guy's the limit. Um, I'm really shocked about his ability, his ground game, his ability to make plays and create plays, his pace, his change of direction, um, his step back game. And then, you know, the thing that you can't teach is that like, you know, ice water through your veins. Like, he is ready in crunch time. He is, like, not scared of those moments. I think he had some, you know, uh, regular season moments where, you know, it was like a – I remember him corralling a ball, and it was like a three-on-one, and he pulled the three. He, like, went for the game and nailed it. Oh, yeah. Regular season, and I think those kind of scared him, you know, for where he is right now. You know, um, early on, Hero was really looked at as, as like a prototypical scoring guard when he arrived on the scene in Miami. And as the team got back together and um, particularly the play in the bubble, they've really empowered him to become more of a ball handler and a facilitator and, and do some of the stuff that you would attribute to a point guard. And I'm interested, you know, you, I know, played both spots. Um, there were lots of different lineups, even three guard looks that I know that you were involved in. I'm interested to hear your perspective on how how a player, a young player specifically, balances um, figuring out how to be a point guard and, and, and take on those responsibilities more and more, but not give up the scoring mentality that makes you the dynamic player you are, kind of, if that's what your initial role was. Yeah, I think it shifted. You know, when I was playing, playing, being stuck between a point guard and a shooting guard was known as being a tweener, right? You know what I mean? And tweeners really didn't stick, right? Um, so, um, you know, nowadays you're not a tweener, you're a combo. He's a combination guard. He's a lead guard. You know, however, he can play with you. He can, you know, uh, he can play off the ball. He can play on the ball. Um, I think the thing that gets overlooked most is the defensive end, right? He's had to catch on to the concepts, the coverages. You know what I mean? He has to bring that energy and effort on the defensive end if you want to play for the Miami Heat. 
And and I think that goes overlooked. Like that guy is a rookie out there in crunch time and not having defensive breakdowns. Um, and another thing that I think he brings is he brings versatility. He brings versatility because he, you know, he he's so unselfish and he's got such a good handle. He can probe and he knows where the next pass is going to be. He knows how, you know, if Bam is rolling, he knows how to hit him on the lob. You know, if the help is coming from the corner, he knows how to like probe, get an extra dribble and make that extra swing. The kid's got game. He's nice. We need him to be nice. You know, we really need him to be nice. We need a play like Tyler Hero to really be nice in our league. We need that. <laughs> we need a hero. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about with this year's team and this, I mean, just overall right now, I think this is the year Spolstra is finally getting his credit, like his just due as one of the top three, top four coaches in the league. You were there when he was just an assistant. Um, what did, did you see this from him back in, you know, 2005 or was he just a kid on the sidelines? Like, who is this guy? No, no, you saw it in him. You know, um, he really had command of, uh, command of the, of, of, excuse me, guys. Could you hear me? I'm sorry. I went out for a quick second. Yeah. yeah. You know, he really, um, you know, at that time I I felt like he was the best workout coach trainer on the, in the game that I had ever been around to that time, the way that he taught the game from like a player development standpoint was unbelievable. Spo is one of the best. I know it's probably difficult for him to just, you know, take that 30,000 foot view because he was so good at teaching the game, the high to low, the rhythm to the game. Like he had, excuse my language, Spo got some of that shit in his game. Like he can bounce the ball. He can really move and he can really teach the game. Um, so that really stood out. And then when you would go and break down film with him, Spoh's really the guy who taught me how to break down film and what I'm looking for and things like that. And so what he did, I, I feel like Spo uh, is a holistic coach, right? He's good as a defensive coordinator. He's good as an offensive coordinator. He knows how to relate to players. He's cut from the Riley cloth, so he, he a lot tougher than he looks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's a lifer the guy who worked his way up so he understands film he understands positioning he understands all the little intangibles that go into making a great coach and i'm so glad to see him getting his job too man we love spo man all right we're, we're gonna take you back here in a second but you played for stan and we had stan here on the pod and alex was actually the one who brought up the whole 2005 thing and, and Stan got upset at him for bringing up a bad memory. That's there. why I had the disclaimer this time. I, I didn't want to upset another guest, you know, <laughs> but I remember uh, before you were acquired, it was that July. I was up in Jacksonville when Lamar Odom and Dwayne Wade were up there for uh, USA camp. And I remember going up to Lamar after his one year uh, playing with the heat and saying, Hey, Lamar, what's up? And he goes, call me, and I'm not going to use the language. I guess I could, but he, he basically said, call me MFR. And I said, why? He says, because that's the only thing Stan called me the <laughs> entire year. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was it like being screamed at by Stan Van Gundy? Hey, you know what? I can still sometimes hear Stan's voice. Like, it's so good to see the manifested version of Stan on television. He's so calm. You know what I mean? He's, so, he's, he's got so much swag in the booth. Right, but Stan was tough as a coach. Not just tough; he was accountable. He was a teacher. Um, you know, he was a uh, very. Authentic. You could be real with him. You could disagree with him. Um, you know, you would consistently hear his voice: "Run, go, come on, what are you doing? Let's go, run, do it." Right? 
you would hear that over and over and over again. And he was somewhat of a perfectionist, but I also had a chance to play with Stan when I was with uh, Orlando Magic. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, man, the, the growth in his, like he was able to tone it back a little bit from his heat days and, and evolve and grow and change with the game. And so Stan is still one of my two favorite head coaches that I've ever played for. Um, I'll still run through a wall for him. Um, I still love him. I admire him. And I just love the work that he's doing right now. And I love how he's using Twitter. Stan is woke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stan is woke. There's no question. (laughs) We always say here, I always say he's stealing my tweets. Before I can tweet him, Stan gets him. All right, we're going to go back to Keon's past a little bit. Hear more in a second after a word from Safe Cubbies. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safecubbies.com, which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget. You can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards, magnetic panels, acrylic sheets and graphic branding most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes now this is for workplaces they've got a bunch of different options on their professional series but also they've got private room solutions dividers and sneeze guards and they have a classroom series as well so if you're involved with the school this is definitely something your school should check out of course if we have school in the fall and that's the point here we were entering a new normal period with COVID-19 safecubbies.com which is locally owned is the place that you want to go the phone number is 754-216-1071 again that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com all right back here with keon dueling i've got the whole crew tonight everybody want to be part of this one greg alex and alf let's go back to the beginning because before you played for the miami heat uh you were kind of a Broward legend. Um, and, and so I'm going to start right here because I want to start a, an argument between you and UD. Okay. Dade Broward for basketball. Give me your five and tell me if you take Dade. Okay. Um, so you want me to give my top five all time? Dade? Give me your five. Give me your Broward five. Cause at some oh, point I'm going to get his. Okay. Yep. Cool. So Mitch Richmond, Eddie Jones, Brandon Knight, <clears throat> um, myself. I, I gotta, you know, I gotta put the pros in there. Um, and then we'll say, you know, maybe somebody like, uh, oh man, there's so many good players. It's so hard to choose from. But I'll say maybe, ah, who would I say at that fifth? You need a yeah. big, don't you? I- you know, I do need a big, but not, you know, I mean, Houston's not playing a big anymore, so it's positionless. Was, was John, was John <laughs> Coll- is John Collins Broward County? No, that's no, Palm, Palm Beach. 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 Oh, okay, further out. Boynton, let's say Kenny Boynton Jr., because mm-hmm. he scored so many points for so many years. Um, I think he's still in the record book, so I'll throw Kenny Boynton Jr. in there. Yeah, I thought Kenny was going to be pro, actually, at the time. I thought, Kim, yeah. what, what was it, what was it like? Um, I mean, well, t- take me through high school basketball in Broward a little. I'm going to get UD's five, by the way, but uh, I still remember doing the story on you, Eddie and, and, uh, yeah. and UD uh, back, back in the day when all three of you guys were all, all South Florida products were all on the same yeah. team. But, but how has, um, how has Broward, how has South Florida basketball evolved over time? And do you ever think that it'll get to anything close to a level of where, where football is? 
Uh, well, it's going to be difficult to, you know what I mean, replicate what we do from a football standpoint. At the end of the day, you know what I mean? You know. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. We have more NFL players, I think, than any other state. Um, You know, we're just bred differently in football. It just is what it is. It's like, you know, we have to, you know, play football down there. So, um, but, you know, I would say that we have some pretty decent, you know, talent coming out of Florida. And I think the sky's the limit. There's a lot of talent coming behind us as well that's being developed down there. But um, Florida, for the most part, coming up, we were looked at as a football state. People didn't take us serious about basketball. It was very difficult to get recruited. Um, you know, it was, um, you know, we didn't, you know, we were overlooked. We were known for being athletes and, and having dog in us, but not necessarily being the most skilled players. So a lot of people didn't necessarily recruit us. Um, but, in a, you know, it is what it is. I think, you know, the best is yet to come for South Florida basketball. I think people respect, um, you know, the work that's been put in from our Florida Hoopers. Um, people like Amari Stoudemire, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Mitch Richmond, Eddie Jones, Udonis Haslam, those guys that put in work, they made, you know, they, they, they really, you know, um, made Florida a force to be reckoned with. Well, Keon, I want to ask you about that. Cause I did a little, uh, you know, a little coaching, uh, not because I'm any good at basketball, <laughs> just cause my son loved basketball. And, uh, and one of the biggest reasons he loved basketball is Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with what's with, with what's shifting uh, down here. A lot of these kids, uh, you know, they they want to play ball. What? I, but for you, when you were coming up, what made you, you know, as an athlete, uh, go towards basketball instead of football? Just like probably what most of your friends were doing. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing, you know, my last year playing football, I scored twenty four touchdowns as a wide receiver, and um, I remember getting my chin my chin strap like split like doing this little drag route. And I was like, you know what? I got a scholarship to go play basketball at Cardinal Gibbons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? I'm about 130, 145 pounds. I think I'm going to go hoop. I think this <laughs> is the, the route for me. I don't think the physicality part on the football field is for me. Um, so I, I decided, you know, pretty much ninth grade to give up uh, football and to really focus on basketball. And, uh, man, thank God I did. I picked, I picked the right path. Those guaranteed contracts don't hurt, do they? They they don't they do not <laughs> they do not hurt at all. All right, so give us give us uh, a UD story, and I, I want to get to what you're doing now, but we got to get a UD story. Yeah, the, the man's 85 years old. Uh, he's he's still holding down a spot, not 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 as an assistant coach, but still in the NBA. I mean, yeah. G- give me something. Just, so, I mean, I got so many UD stories. We've been fishing together. We've caught sharks together. We've been in the Everglades together. We lived across the street from one another. Like, we've known each other since we are about 15 years old. Like, so my love for UD is deep. Um, I would say, like, one of the funniest stories that I heard about UD or saw, you know, with UD was a KG story. KG was, like, uh, UD's rookie year. He didn't know who UD was. And so he was like, hell no, I ain't guarding that. So when UD shot and he missed it, you know what I mean? KG was talking big. That shit broke. You ain't whoop whoop. All this, right? 
And so the next year, the first possession of the game, they said UD came out, they ran a pick and roll. He hit a shot. He hit the shot that he had missed the year before. And before he could get down the court, they said UD took his mouthpiece out and cussed KG out like, you came back up me like that. Right? So it's just vintage UD. UD does not back down. He does not fold. Um, I've seen him, like, transform his body. You know what I mean? I saw him go through that maturation process of really understanding his body, his role, um, his ability to, you know, sacrifice. You know, the guy turned down money, left money on the table, you know what I mean, because his heart and his passion and his love for the city and the state and, uh, you know, Florida and Miami, right? And so to, just to see him get this victory lap and the respect that everybody has for him and the resume that he has and all the things he does in the community, all the things he does, you know what I mean, as an entrepreneur. Um, man, I'm just so proud of my homeboy. Does it surprise you at all with some of the stuff that came out from the bubble that in a lot of ways, Udonis Haslam is a big reason why the guys are still playing? Because, I mean, he, he spoke up at that meeting. He spoke to LeBron directly, according to all the reports, and, and, and sort of laid it on the line that this is a platform yeah. we need to keep going. His ability to see both sides of the issue and, and influence people. Yeah, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, one of the frustrating things around the game is that you have guys who contribute like that as a player. They might be a five-time captain, six-time captain. And a lot of times they don't get an opportunity to evolve into coaching, right? Or being a part of the game, right? There's so many barriers to entry, you know what I mean? For guys to get in. And so I'm just thankful that it's guys like Udonis, um, you know what I mean? And guys like Tyrone Lue and people who are really like, you know, former players who are really paying their dues. Sam Cassell, I could go down the line forever. Because the more that we get in the game, the more we can contribute to the game and be a part of the game, I think it's better for the next generation. There's so much uh, information transfer that, that we miss out on because the, the OGs, you know, it's a young man's league now. It's not a lot of OGs in the game anymore. And so <clears throat> it is what it is. But Udonis, you know, I think will be, you know, whatever he wants to be around the game. You, you've gone a, a slightly different direction, although I know you're still around the game, uh, in, in that you've gotten into public speaking and to trying to influence people that way. Can, can you talk about how that came about and where that goes now? Yeah, so, I mean, look, the way that my career ended with, with a battle with my mental health, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've been on this journey around mental health, and, um, you know, I'm so thankful for that journey. It's, it's kept me relevant. Um, it's kept me impactful as far as my you know, um, my ability to connect with people. Uh, however, you know what I mean? A lot of times I think people get, you know, think that that's the end all be all for me. Like, you know, I have a lot to offer the game. I think every former player wants to get closer to the game. Um, but I'm so thankful for this opportunity as a wellness counselor. I really get to contribute to these young men's lives on a daily basis, you know, getting them to the resources, the right therapist, the right psychologist, the right psychiatrist, what, whoever they need, whatever the resource they need around their mental and emotional health. Um, I'm so thankful that I'm in this position to be able to service guys because I went through my own battles. And man, if I would have had a program like this when, you know, when I was playing, maybe I would have got, a, you know, two or three extra years in there. I want to ask you about that specifically, too, because um, you were in the bubble, right? I was. I was in the bubble for 12 days, but seven of them was in quarantine. 
So, all right. Well, first thing, what was that like? Like for the because because the players have had to go do that. Kendrick Nunn had to do it for four days when he went back up. What was the seven day quarantine in the bubble? Well, like? look, get a lot of Red Dead Redemption Part Two. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, Arthur, like you know what I mean? Like I was like I covered a lot of ground in Red Dead. I did about two hundred push-ups every day. About you know hundred uh, lunges, uh, hundred calf raises, and a hundred dips. Right, like he culture hey, strong. He culture strong, Keon. Hey, look, I was a baby Bill Ferran out there. You know, he's indoctrinated me <laughs> with that workout. But um, to be real with y'all, as hoop fans, like it was like literally Disney World for a hoop fan. It was like I was inside a two K. Literally, like when I would go to the games, I was inside a two K. I was right behind that fast camera, right? It was so dope. Um, I got to fish while I was there. I got to go bike riding. I got to, you know, uh, have these great conversations with, you know, people like Chris Haynes from the media and Mark Spears, you know what I mean? Guys who I've known for a very long time. I got to see former teams like Rondo and those guys in the bubble. I got to see former coaches and teams that I played for. Got to do my job and be able to contribute to guys. So, Man, it was a very unique experience. I'm so thankful I got an opportunity to do that. I even got some gear from the from the bubble. You know what I'm saying? I'm still rocking my bubble gear. What's up? <laughs> and and what were the five days out of quarantine like in terms of what were you trying to – because a, a lot of – there's been so much conversation about what the players were going to go through. And obviously there are the social justice issues, yeah. which – you know, are still going on. Obviously there was COVID there's being away from families, at least until families were allowed back in the bubble. And then there was also the conversation that I know Chris Paul talked a lot about on the conference call before this all started, when he was on with Adam silver talked about mental health and what this was going to be like for guys two to three months with everything going out in the world. And they're stuck here in this place and can't leave and can't be around a lot of the people that they care about. What were you trying to get across to, to the people that you were talking to. Yeah. I think the first thing that I wanted to get across is that, like, look, I'm here with you, right? You know what I mean? You guys are going through this, and you got to have, like, you know, your resources and your support system, you know what I mean, in that foxhole with you. So the first thing is I wanted to be present, let them know that my commitment is to the guys. Um, the next thing I wanted to, do, wanted to do was to get touches, right, get player touches. Everybody kind of knows what I do. Um, but a lot of times, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the way I do my job is very like relaxed, right? You know what I mean? There's no pressure. I'm not, Hey, how's your mental health? How's your emotional health? How you doing? You need therapy. Like, that's not really my route. My route is like, I'm the OG vet. They still view me as the OG vet. So we can talk ball, you know what I mean? And then from ball, like everything else just will start coming out. So I had a lot of conversations down there. I probably had about 25, 30, you know, private conversations with players while I was there. But also I had, you know, talk, talks and touch points with coaches, trainers. I mean, support our guys because I think it takes a village. And every team has two mental health specialists. The NBA has their mental wellness program, and we have ours. And so um, the most important job was to just let the guys know that we were there for them in support. Whatever they needed, we had their back. So, Keon, uh, getting back to uh, this year's Heat, we still don't know who they're going to play in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, I don't think any of us, any of us saw coming that the Heat would be the first team there just kind of waiting for everybody else to finish their series. It's a real good point to be in as a Heat fan. But what I wanted to ask about was Celtics-Raptors. We don't know who's going to win yet. How would you feel about either one of those scenarios for the Heat? Which one would you think would be a tougher matchup, easier matchup, even though those two teams seem like there's not really one that's clearly better than the other, especially with uh, Hayward out for Boston? 
How do you feel yeah. about that and, and, and where did he match up with those teams? Yeah, I think they match up well with both of those teams. Um, I think it's a lot of parity in those teams, right? They're, I think they're all equally as good as one another, different philosophies, different styles. Um, but I think, like, as far as offensively, you know what I mean, I think the Celtics pose the, mo the, the more matchup challenges, right? Because you got a guy like Tatum who's, like, ascending. You got Jalen Brown who is, like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, you know, uh, you know, one of those Scottie Pippen type players in a sense um, with his versatility. Um, you just, they got a lot of players. They got a lot of elements, right? So that team is tough. Uh, Toronto, they're just so battle tested. They got a team full of winners. They got that dog in them. You know what I mean? I played with Mark Gasol and, and, and that guy is tough as nails. Kyle Laurie and, and, and Fred uh, Van Fleet, they just, they know how to play. They know how to win. So I think that that series, um, I'm going to take Boston, one of my former teams that I played for, and uh, I think it'll be a Heat versus uh, 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 Celtics. And uh, who, who you got in that series? Listen, you know what I mean? Like follow-up was coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, to be real with you, you know what I mean? Like, the way that I enjoy the game now, I like players more than I like teams because players change teams so frequently. Um, but I'll be rooting, you know, I'll be rooting for both teams. You know, like I'm probably leaning a little bit more towards the home team just because I'm, I'm from Lauderdale. I got to like uh – oh, sorry about that. You good, sorry you about good. that. Lauderdale, so, you know, I got to cheer for the home team. Um, but, man, my time with the Celtics was very unique, and I enjoyed that organization. They're top – their first class. They really helped save my life. So I always cheer for them as well. So I won't be rooting against anyone. Let's just say I won't be rooting against anyone. Well, what's up with your boy, Pert? Your boy, Pert, is, is, is all the way in on the heat. He's picking the heat over Boston. Hey, look, you know what? Pert knows the game. You know what I mean? I'm so glad that Pert, you know, has been able to find a voice for himself. He's very authentic with the way that he communicates, um, the way that he sees the game. He makes bold enough statements, you know what I mean, that gets that attention. But a, lot, but a lot of times, you know what I mean, people uh, dismiss the intellect that a lot of big players have, right? And he knows the game. He knows hoops. And to hear that country flavor, that, that, that Texas swag when he Them speaks. Them goons. You know what I'm saying? I like to see Perk doing his thing, man. I'm happy for, like, Steven Jackson, Quentin Richardson, Matt Barnes, Darius Miles, you know what I mean, Kenny Smith, all those guys who have really transitioned in our, you know, voices for the game. Man, I'm just so proud of everybody. We'll be back with Keon Dueling in a second. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And if there's another podcast that our current guest should appear on, it's probably this one, the Lessons Via Leader podcast, which is not part of our network, but I wouldn't mind if it was. It's hosted by Will Weintraub. It's a weekly podcast show where they interview a new entrepreneur, founder, or thought leader every week. Many of their guests are local leaders here in South Florida that built huge businesses and fostered large communities and movements. Each show features a new guest that shares with the audience valuable lessons and learnings that they've amassed over their careers. Their shows can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. They also have a video version of each episode that they post on YouTube. So check it out. It's the Lessons Via Leaders podcast. Again, support local podcasters, support local businesses, and you'll be supporting Five Reason Sports. And now, back to the episode. I want to do a little bit of rapid fire here before we let you go okay, again. Let's follow, do it. Fo fo follow them at Keon underscore dueling. That's right. Uh, uh, let, let's, uh, let's do this. You played with Dwayne Wade. Is Dwayne Wade, in your view, a top 
20 player all time in the NBA? Yes. Top 20. For sure. I, I would put D-Wade, like, as far as shooting guards, I'm going to put him number three, you know what I mean, behind MJ and Kobe. I got time. It is what it is. <laughs> I, I argue that. <laughs> You don't have to argue it with us. We're with you. Hey, appreciate with the choir here, that's for sure. All right, T 2006 NBA Finals, the Heat win a championship one year after you were there. Your immediate feeling reaction when that thing ended in Dallas was what? You know what? I was jumping up and down in my Davy home, um, you know, celebrating my brothers getting that chip. Um, I was fresh off of getting the biggest contract of my NBA career. And so sometimes you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You know, I, I was satisfied with where I was in my career, but yeah, I did miss out on the chip. I got one. 05 team or 06 team? Which one was better? Mm -hmm. 06. They won the chip. They were the better team. I don't agree with I you, actually. <laughs> I, I loved, I loved 0405 is one of my favorite teams ever. Yeah. I, think, so, I think fully healthy, that team, that, that team should have won going away. One yeah. Dwayne injury away, man. Yeah, you know what? I wish we would have had the referees uh, in that <laughs> game seven that we had when I was on the Celtics and the Heat got the home cooking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, the hardest video so you guys can right? see Keon's face. It was classic. <laughs> Absolutely classic. So here's the toughest question of the entire podcast. Who's tougher, Alonzo Mourning or Udonis Haslam? Oh, my God. So okay, let me let me let me okay okay let's let's do this let's do this right. Um, I'll say they're tougher. They're both equally as tough. Um, they're tough in different ways. Like Lonzo, you know, had to have what what was it a kidney transplant or a liver yeah. transplant? I'm not sure yeah, which kidney. Kidney. So he overcame that. You know what I mean? Like Zoe is the only person I ever seen lift weights on every part of his body. I was. Are you doing Achilles exercises, bro? Like, are you trying to really strengthen your pinky finger? Like, he was curled and pinky. But um, Zoe is tough for coming back from that, right? As far as Udonis and the path that he took, I don't know a tougher man on the planet than Udonis Haslam, a more loyal, down-to-earth, stand-up, you know, no-nonsense, caring, compassionate person. Like, UD is all that. He is, he is all that as a human being. And I'm just thankful that, you know, I had a chance to know him for over 25, what, 20, 40 now? Yeah, like 25 years. Alex, you're muted. Uh, what I was going to ask was, what are the, champ the chances that the Heat get to a championship this year, and who is your pick? Yeah, um, I think they got a good chance. You know, I, I think, you know, uh, in the conference finals, I think it'll be a, a, a tough series, no matter if they play the Raptors or the Celtics. So they have a good chance. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm – like I said, I like players. Um, you know, I want to see LG, uh, LBJ continue to, you know, grow his resume. Um, I was fortunate enough. I got a chance to play against Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron. So I'm very blessed that I had an opportunity to grace the court with them. But, man, I just – I'm team LeBron, man. I think he, he stands for everything that's right about our game. He did it right. Um, he elevated, you know what I mean, people who were, was, was important to him. He brought championships to multiple cities. You know what I mean? He's, um, he's done every – I think he's exceeded everybody's expectations. Even though he was the king, you know, in high school, if you look back over the course of his career, I think he's really exceeded 
all expectations that anybody could have placed on him. I think he's, what, third all-time in scoring right now or something like that. I mean, he's in the tops and assists. Like, he's in, he's in you know, he, nobody's won more playoff games than him. Like, we won't truly appreciate LeBron until he's gone. Kind of like Heat fans, right? Like, when he was here, it was like, man, LeBron ain't posting enough. He ain't doing this enough. Man, we should have got five while, we, while he was here, right? But then you look back and you don't get those kind of opportunities. You don't get that kind of limelight. And you're like, damn, we miss LeBron. <laughs> but admit it, Key, if he stayed here, he would have five, wouldn't he? <laughs> hey, look, I was on the Celtics, you know what I'm saying? We was trying to, like, I could let him get one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but possibly, possibly, you know, but I think also, you know, what he did for his community, um, I think, you know, was, sec- was, was really admirable. And, you know, I'm happy and thankful that I get an opportunity to continue to watch him because he's still, he's still, like, going up. He's still peaking. He's still getting – he's still awesome. I want to finish here on a, on a more serious note. Uh, two, two real quick things for you, and then we're going to let you go. Uh, the first thing is you were in the bubble with these guys when they were making the decisions about whether to keep playing and whether to, to use their platform or to basically, you know, sort of end it uh, before, you know, it was supposed to end. Um, do you feel that the players did, did the right thing there in, in staying in the bubble and seeing this season out and using their platforms the way that they have? Yeah, I, I don't think – I think there's more than one right answer. You know what I mean? Um, but I think, you know, the players understand not only the platform that the NBA kind of gives us and their notoriety and, and their talent gives them, uh, but they also know, you know what I mean, that this is a business and this model has to be sustained. And you cannot sustain this model when you don't have the gate and then you don't have the TV contract, you know what I mean? So I think our players, you know what I mean, made the right decision. I support them. Um, 100%. Um, I think they're strong. I think this generation of players is, you know, more, uh, more cultivated than any generation before them. They're developed, they're sharp, they're media savvy. They know how to communicate. They know how to get their message out. They know what they are doing and talking about. So I think the players made the right decision. And, you know, the NBA and the Players Association has made sure there's been zero positive tests mm-hmm. in the bubble. And so that maybe can be a model, you know, moving forward as we continue to try and navigate through this pandemic. We'd love to have you on here again. uh, But in the time being, where can people find you and where can they find the work that you're doing? Yeah, if you want to find me, I think IG, you know, is the best place, you know, to to kind of see what I do. Uh, Keon underscore dueling. Uh, you can go to nextlevelbooking.com if you want to book me as a speaker. I just got booked. You know, I'm going to do my, like, first virtual uh, you know, speaking for like, you know, uh, for college. So I'm excited about that. I had about 12 of them canceled on me. But if you're a reader, I, I wrote a book. The book is called What's Driving You. Um, you can get that on any platform. And yeah, man, y'all check me out. Tune in. Thanks for having me. I'd love to come back. We'd love to have you back. You're from a family of authors too. I remember I still have your mom's book. So I, yeah, I, my mom and my wife wrote a book. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you know, so we, 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 you know, we like to express ourselves. <laughs> we like that here on the podcast Keon Dueling follow him Keon underscore Dueling we appreciate the time and the stories and, and all that good stuff hey listen Ethan next time I need to see your face my brother you know what I'm I saying? know <laughs> you don't need to I see my face nobody needs to see my Key, oh, I, got a, I got a face for radio so it's all right <laughs> he has long-standing technical issues with this stuff Keon it's lasted about five months that way nobody can oh, see what okay. I'm doing here in my that's place. being generous
I, I, I don't live that far from where you went to high school. So you could, you could stop by here anytime and, and, uh, and say hello. We'll, 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 uh, we'll go down to Las Olas. Listen, I'll take you when I come down to Fort Lauderdale, Ethan, we'll do that. You know, I got a few restaurants that I like that I think mm-hmm. I need to expose you to. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. I'll take you up on that. Thanks, Keon. Right, brothers. Thank y'all for having me, man. Blessings. Thank you, man. Thanks, Keon. Great. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.